Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common go head-to-head to to see which one does it better. And welcome to part two of our final Merry Clashmas holiday season countdown. So on Monday, we saw the horrifying violence that we've come to expect from home invasion movies. And this time, we get to do it all again, but with even more violence. Yay! Merry Christmas from the most Christmassy of cities, NYC, as we're talking Home Alone 2. Lost in New York. My family's in Florida and I'm in New York. Funnily enough, we never lose our luggage. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, the family that loves staying together. Can I help you? Reservation for McAllister? Couldn't be further apart. He's in New York. New York? This is a vacation. Only two things could ruin this vacation. And they just hit town. Hiya, pal. We'll have a winner at the end of the show, but which film will it be? Home Alone or Home Alone 2? Let's find out. It's our Merry Clashmas holiday season countdown. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clashpotters. Beat that, you little trout sniffer. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. <laughs> Merry Clashmas, both of you. Merry Clashmas. <laughs> Merry Clashmas. Merry Clashmas. Mm. Merry Clashmas. So, Home Alone 2, this isn't going to take long, but before we get into it... <laughs> what, is it because we've done Home Alone 1? It is. Yeah. It is because we've done Home Alone 1. Yeah. yeah, I copied and pasted my notes like they copied and pasted the script. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> Just change a couple of words. <laughs> it's, there is there's one big difference, which we'll get onto in a moment, but uh, there's one big difference. Before then, though, if you haven't subscribed to us, it, you would be kind enough to do that. Uh, that would be lovely on Apple, mm. Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. It would be massively appreciated by the three of us. If you're able to give us a little rating and review, that would be great as well. And if yeah. you do give us a review, View it may be read out on the show by Chris Tilly, aka Chris Thrilly, which sounds a bit like this. Uh, this is from the Malteser Falcon. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> oh, five stars. <laughs> <laughs> he does give us five stars. Oh, great. And the Malteser Falcon says essential listening for all serious movie buffs. The innovative show setup is complemented by the obvious love triangle chemistry between the three hosts. The enjoyment <laughs> oh, is enhanced. Oh. <laughs> By Chris's encyclopedic knowledge, Alex's weird paranoias, bare feet and sharks, and Victoria's potty mouth. (laughs) Best enjoyed with a generous serving of curry. Oh, very good. And guess what? That's exactly what we're doing today. Certainly is. Certainly is. Uh, So these were Victoria's choices this week, which means, gosh, this avocado and lemonade's gone to my head. You all right? Uh, It's it's good stuff. (laughs) You've got to to go and introduce a a Leicester Square premiere after this. Are you going to be all right? I might have to slow down. I won't. I won't lie. It's it's pretty strong stuff. What percent is avocado? I put quite a lot in. Right. <laughs> I just topped it up with 
lemonade. Mm. I thought we were going to the pub after. I didn't realise you were working. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I could, yeah. You, did, you sprung that on us. I did spring that on you. I'm sorry. I, I thought if we're going to be tipsy for any episode of Clash of the Titles, Home Alone Two is the one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. So on Monday, Chris was left home alone, which means today I'm home alone as well. Sorry, <laughs> Home Alone Two. Except my house is the Plaza Hotel in New York City. Let me take you on a journey. Kevin's family is still being massive dicks to him. So understandably, when he's provided with the opportunity to steal dad's credit cards and have a dream vacation in NYC, he takes it. And that's what you've got to remember for this entire film. Whereas in the first one, Kevin genuinely thinks he's wished away his family. Here, he knows exactly where they are and actively decides not to tell them so he can live it up at the Plaza Hotel, which is a pretty bold decision. Also, the wet bandits are now the sticky bandits. There's a pigeon lady instead of old man Marley. It's basically the first film with the violence dialed up to 11 and with the addition of the incredible Tim Curry. And that completes this week's obligatory Tim Curry reference. Ladies and gentlemen, for your consideration, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. I hope we're going to mention him again. Of course we are. Okay, good. But that was the first one. Okay. That was the first. That's the obligatory one. Everything after this is just for fun. Yeah, although I did just mention him two minutes ago. but Yeah, but you just said Curry. You have to say Tim Curry. Okay. And it has to be me who says it. Okay. <laughs> few rules. Uh, Histories with this movie then, Victoria. I went to the cinema to see it in Preston and I've seen it a few times since. It wasn't a granddad VHS classic, unbelievably. I haven't seen it for years and it is it, this is a bit shameful. It's really different from what I remember. Oh. What I remember, which we'll get to, is better. Oh, okay. Uh, but, but yeah, anyway, it's still great, but I've just got a better version. Interesting. Which is what I thought happened and it doesn't. I haven't seen this for about 15 years mm. and my memory of it was worse than what I watched this week. Right. So the absolute opposite to That's what nice. you've just said. Yeah. I remember the climax, the traps section, the bit that we're all waiting for being slightly disappointing. Okay. And this time, one particular moment, I haven't laughed as much this year <laughs> <laughs> to the point that Nettie was quite scared. <laughs> about what I was laughing at and looked at me like I was a psychopath. Oh, that's nice. But we'll talk about it when we come to it. Chris? Yeah, big big trip to the cinema, this one. Eagerly anticipated. And uh, I, I remember it delivering. Yeah. Very, very much enjoyed it. But if Christmas is rolling around since then and I feel <coughs> like watching a Home Alone film, it's not this one. No. Um, it's not been a tradition in my house. I haven't watched Home Alone for a while, actually, but... Um, this one certainly hasn't been on. So like you, I probably haven't seen it in about 15 years. But because it's on TV all the time, you'll catch moments from it, I guess, over the years. Mm. So I'll tell you a bit about it. It was actually going to be called Alone Again, not Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Well, yeah, because this it goes from the best title to the worst title because it's not the film. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. But apparently director Chris Columbus didn't want people to think it was a remake because who remakes a movie two years after the original <laughs> film? I mean, it's insane, but fair enough. He was like, Alone Again. Uh, I guess if you've got, a, I understand if you've got a brand name, you've got a brand name, but yeah, it's a terrible title now. So after the massive success of the first film, uh, John Hughes signed a six-picture deal with 20th Century Fox and one of the films was going to be a sequel to Home Alone. Uh, Culkin was paid $4.5 million for this movie plus 5% of the film's mm, gross. Wow. His dad was. <laughs> True, yeah. That would be my main change for all of this is that Macaulay Culkin didn't go through what he went through making these films because they're quite hard to watch now knowing that he was going through such yeah. awful stuff mentally and physically thanks to his dad so yeah it was his dad getting most of the money but did he not get it back when he I don't know what the term is divorced your parents mm, I think he did didn't he yeah I imagine he did. But yeah, I mean, compared to 110000 which is what he got for the original, uh, $4.5 million was the biggest salary ever paid to a 12-year-old at that point. Not surprising. No. no. Um, Columbus had wanted to film two sequels 
simultaneously because he was aware that Culkin was getting older oh, okay. and his little let's make him work <laughs> yeah. as bloody hard his as little can. cash cow was turning into an old maid <laughs> uh, so yeah he uh, he wanted to shoot two back to back but Fox were like no it was going to cost too much do we know what the, the third one would have been um no, I know what the third one was going to be before they went the route they did with the third one. They were going to do a third one where he was a teenager, mm. um, but that obviously became Home Alone 3, which I did not do well. No, and probably better than Home Sweet Home Alone, which I did watch for yeah. this. You watched it? You said it was good, didn't you? No, no he is said it, not it was you? terrible. Was oh, a, okay. I thought it was unwatchable. I read a review that said it was just the Gu- I think it was The Guardian said it yeah. was good, but... Yeah. Um, oh, no, no, it wasn't The Guardian... Basically, I haven't seen it, but and I don't want to spoil it, but apparently, I don't think this is a spoiler, the main problem is the home invaders are, are kind of sympathetic. You sort of side with them as oh, opposed okay. to the Not rich the kid, kid right. who is beating the shit out of them. Right. So, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to watch it, though. Uh, so the film grossed uh, over $359 million worldwide, and it became the third highest grossing film of 1992. After 1992, we've done one of these... Oh, Basic Instinct? No. Batman Returns? No. 92? Oh, yeah. Bodyguard. Bodyguard and then Aladdin was number two and this was number three. So that, and they were all Christmas movies. They all came out in December. November. No, not Christmas movies. No, they're all Christmas releases. Yeah. Christmas movies. Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Uh, Right. Shall we go through this film unless anyone's got any more for any more? That's it. That's all I've got. Good. Great. So it starts very much the same as the last movie with literally the same shot of the McAllister house, same night before a trip. I did spend the first half of this movie, uh, or at least the first 15 minutes, trying to remember, and I could not remember whether the way they lost Kevin was going to be convincing. Because you're like, obviously, Mm. how are they going to lose him in a way that isn't, you know, convoluted and stupid so i was i was quite i was quite intrigued at this point about that um kevin has a dictaphone now yes a talk boy Mm, yeah a talk boy what sort of mischief is he gonna get up to with that (laughs) what sort of mischief uh the one he uses in the film uh was just a prop did not work was not a functioning dictaphone but they did did. yeah i remember yeah, how do you feel about this? They made the talk boy and then they made a pink and purple version. No, no, no. Call the talk girl. No, I don't. I don't enjoy that. <laughs> Was it any different at all? Yeah, you couldn't say rude words into it if you were a girl. <laughs> pink and purple. <laughs> Brilliant. Perfect. Yeah. That still goes on though. That's the thing. That's like, what, 30 years ago? Like that's that sort of thing still happens. Yep. Um, why? I mean, I feel like this is the year after Home Alone. In, in, in the story. In the timeline, yeah. Yeah, stay home next Christmas. I think they should have skipped a year because then it would be more believable. Yeah. Like you wouldn't, exactly, like how could this shit happen? Home home you're not work. good at this. <laughs> no, I, I can't believe they didn't say it. That would have been, how can the same shit happen to the <laughs> yeah. same kid twice? Yeah. That would have been good. Uh, so Kevin doesn't want to go to Miami for Christmas because he's spoiled. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I write down idiot. <laughs> right. Who didn't want to go to Florida for Christmas? I don't know. When I was, I'm still like it now. But the idea of a warm Christmas, it really upsets me. But now I would just love to go anywhere on holiday. Yeah, of course. I know. So I would be very grateful to go to Miami. But when I was his age, I was like, you're right, Kevin. I want snow and Christmas trees and things like that. Well, specifically, uh, you can't have Christmas without a Christmas tree. I wonder if that's going to come back as well. I wonder. I wonder. (laughs) I wonder. So uh, the film is, to its credit, I think, entirely unapologetic about borrowing exactly the same moments from the first film. Because at the- this stage, you the rep, if it ain't broke <laughs> kind of thing, you love it because you're like, yeah, I remember that film from literally just two years ago. Yeah. But you're in at this point in the film, you're like, okay, cool, because you'd never just repeat the whole thing. So it's like a treat. You're like, oh, mm. I remember that so much. And you, you, at this point, you're only 10 minutes in. You're like, I'll let you have it because I love it. Yeah. And you wouldn't just keep doing that to me. And it's almost amusing yeah, that yeah. They've, the dad unplugs the alarm clock. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, oh, oh no, yeah. they've done the same thing as last year. And his mum says, you know, she's really, uh, Catherine Howe's really on the nose. She's like, we're on the third floor again and we had this problem last year. So it's like, oh, it's all up front. Mm. It's cool. I like it. Uh, Kevin's mum gives him an inflatable clown for the pool in Miami, which is a weird pool yeah. toy. Obviously, mm. you just have a flamingo. Mm. 
or a pineapple. Yeah, you don't have an inflatable clown, although it is. We a... used to have an alligator called Floyd. <laughs> did you name it or did it come and it was called no, Floyd? I named it. You named it Floyd? <laughs> mm. Why? I don't know. It just seemed like a good name for an alligator. Right. Oh, it's cute. <laughs> but you don't give him a clown unless he's going to need an inflatable clown. I wonder. Mm. <laughs> so Uncle Frank is still a fucking weirdo. Um, he told good voice. Uh, he tells Kevin yeah. that if he walked into the shower and saw him naked, he'd never feel like a real man. <laughs> Such a red flag. Such a red flag. Get out of my house. Get away from those children. Yeah. Don't say shit like that. Nah, he's a character. <laughs> yeah. He's a character. Uh, but he has upgraded his insults from the first film, so he no longer calls Kevin a little jerk. This time it's a nosy little pervert. Such a weird thing to say to a child. It is. It is. Especially when you've left the bathroom door open in a busy house, a house that's full of people, and he showers with the door open. At an odd time as well. Aren't they getting ready to leave? I don't understand. <sighs> Buzz embarrasses Kevin at the carol singing. Um... <laughs> He's a true supervillain in this film. <laughs> isn't he? I mean that that uh, speech he gives uh, to the family is just—it's something out of a frigging horror film. It's good. It's He's terrifying. It's good, but it's so disingenuous and it's so obviously disingenuous that the fact, again, like the first film, you're looking at the parents going, "You're you're not buying this shit." <laughs> And then when they look at Kevin and go, um, Kevin, I hope you can do something like what Buzz just did. And he's like, fuck you. <laughs> he, do- he does not say that. <laughs> Alex, you're completely misquoted him. <laughs> he, but he basically, I'm very much on Kevin's side where he goes, you guys are stupid yeah, for believing yeah. Buzz. Me too. But yeah, you're saying that, but it's also great if you're a kid watching this, we've all felt that as a kid. And so yeah. you're just they're just putting you in Kevin's shoes, really. Yeah, the first laugh comes a lot earlier in this movie compared to the first movie. I don't think there's a laugh really, a proper like laugh, 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 ha, 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 until the home invasion at the end. In this movie, piano player, waltz by Christmas tree at carol singing, very funny. She gets a Christmas tree straight in her face and she falls backwards. <laughs> that is funny. It's very funny. Very funny. They start, they give you one early bit of slapstick humour in this so, Kevin, like you said, V is back on the dreaded third floor. This time, though, he says, if I could, I'd go on my own vacation, on my own, and have the best time of my life. Is it weird that I'm disappointed it didn't then do it in voiceover form? <laughs> best time of best my time. life. <laughs> best time of my life. <laughs> uh, we also find out the wet bandits have escaped via a newspaper because there's another storm outside the house. Very weird Christmases. How is Kevin going to get separated for his from his family then? And is it going to be convincing? And I'd say, yes, it is. Me too. I love this airport thing. Yeah. Uh, I and like I think the, the, the button with the tickets, perfect. Because how yeah. are you going to get off And that out? was it. That's the bit that does it. Because you get the fake dad thing, the, yeah. the wrong dad, mm-hmm. where he follows the wrong dad. I'm totally down with that. But then I'm like, sh- you get to the gate and they check your ticket and she's going to be like, oh, you're not on this flight. Yeah. And the fact that he runs into her and they go everywhere and she's like, oh, oh the plane's leaving and there's a child here. <laughs> they do everything they need to do to make it plausible. I think yep. it's good, yeah. Uh, although, again, I don't know if it's a thing in 1992 when you don't have assigned seats on planes. They're mm. just like, find an empty seat, child. Yeah, do you want a gin? <laughs> uh, Kevin takes after his mother in the first film and is very rude to a French man who was talking to him, admittedly <laughs> in French, that she doesn't understand, and he puts his headphones on because he needs to not hear the announcement. Yes. So, mm, but still rude. Uh, I do enjoy that shot of the radar with the planes going in different directions. I think oh, it's yeah, a really nice. nice way of going... Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, the bit I mentioned, big difference in this film. Kevin has not wished his family away and doesn't think he's wished them away. He lands in New York. He realises his family are in Miami and he has gone to the wrong city. And he then goes, fuck them. Yes, he does. I got my dad's credit cards. <laughs> I'm in New York. It's what I wanted. I'm not going to inform the airport that I'm here. Yeah. I know how upset my mum was last year. Fuck them. <laughs> I am literally going to go and stay at the Plaza Hotel on yeah. my dad's credit cards. I looked up how much it is because, you know, I really want to go. So you can stay over Christmas and you can have the full package. It's $5,000 a night, which is obviously a shit ton. But I think I was expecting it to be more. 
But if that's but it's that for so they do actually because mm. it's the, the plaza's phone number is the phone number they use in the film and apparently after this film came out they got inundated with requests. Yep. This article is clearly out of date if it's five thousand, but they used to offer a Home Alone two package yeah. for families visiting, which was one thousand one hundred dollars a night, and you could stay in Suite four one one, aka. The Kevin Suite. Oh, that's nice. I looked at it. I looked at their website like last week. But like, if we went tomorrow, and if you, the most expensive suite is five thousand dollars a night, and you get a Christmas tree in your room, and something was just so Americans. I couldn't disentangle it. A themed something, a chef themed something on arrival, which I think meant a packet of biscuits. I wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> clear. But you get that. And you get Christmas dinner and everything. Uh, another thing they've been offering this year is you can watch Home Alone at the Home Alone House, the first film with Buzz. Oh, really? People can bid on it and the money goes to charity. But yeah, you get to stay overnight in the house and hang out with Buzz. Okay. Okay. If it's for charity, it's fine. It feels weird. <laughs> it does. Yeah, I mean, you're meeting someone for the first time and you're spending a night watching movies Actually, with he's, them. Yeah. He's in the new Home Alone. So maybe you have he to watch said. Home Sweet Home Alone. Oh, God. As well. Would you take your shoes off? It, that, you'd want to, wouldn't you? Because you'd want to curl up, but you're with someone you don't know. I don't know. What? You want to curl up? In Buzz's arms. No. <laughs> why are, Wait, you, why are yes. you taking your shoes off? Because you'd want to sit on the sofa and get comfy and watch the telly. Okay. You don't keep your shoes on in your own house, do you? You do. I do. <laughs> of course I do. No feet where I Alex, Alex hasn't taken his shoes off since 1988. <laughs> I have. I just closed my eyes. He doesn't know what his feet look like I anymore. I take, I take them off and then I put another pair straight on. I get it. I have indoor shoes. <laughs> Um, we do get a great classic Christmas NYC montage. Uh, Kevin buys some fireworks. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. Why is he doing that? I wonder yeah. if they'll come I in wonder. later. Uh, I don't know why, because I've seen them in other movies. And I think it's because he's actually on the roof of the Twin Towers. I had a it's really a weird shot. It's a really weird moment, obviously, yeah, now watching that sequence where he's on the roof of the yeah. Twin Towers looking over New York. I think I forgot how high up they were. Mm. This is silly. But. I think that's part of it and thinking about what happened and everything. I, yeah. just, I just felt very strange watching that scene. A shout out to Darlene Love, who's singing All Alone at Christmas, which is one of the last good Christmas songs yep. that plays over this montage. Um, I quite like the darkness Christmas song. I can't remember. Ring the bells. Sure, but that doesn't mean that this isn't one of the last good Christmas songs. <laughs> yes. It's fine. Uh, just list another song. <laughs> I was just thinking of like. a real... Go on, what's yours? Oh, I like... Um, what's the John and Louis song called? The what? It's really old. It's from the 80s. My mum and dad oh, really liked that's it. That's not a new one. Can't remember. No, Leona Lewis ones. did a good one. Oh my God, I, mean, I love I that, that one. That was on that's like One More Sleep. Yeah. Keep that bleeding, awesome. keep, keep, one, one more sleep. sleep. One more sleep. One more sleep. One more sleep. Yeah. It's so good. The parents get to actually have a funny scene this time. Yeah. Uh, which is cute. when they're with the cop. And they're yeah, like, that is good. It's great. Yeah. It's a great moment. They're telling you, they're like, well, this has happened. Becoming tradition. <laughs> yeah, it's become a McAllister family tradition. But we never <laughs> lose our luggage. <laughs> it's very funny because they, they're becoming hysterical. Yeah. yeah, it's the manic laughter when they knock on the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the desk. It's, it's, it's really good. And I will say at this point, I think I might be enjoying the film more than I was enjoying the first one because New York at Christmas, and that's a big thing uh, in Christmas movies for me. So we're off to the plaza and the uh, now, obviously, at the time, not, but at now, infamous Trump cameo. Mm. Um, so, as it turns out, according to director Chris Columbus, Donald Trump, the owner of the Plaza Hotel at the time, allowed the crew to shoot the scenes in the hotel lobby in exchange for a cameo in the film, in addition to the standard fee for film production. Yeah, I, I watched a documentary about him some years ago, and, and, and that's why he's in so many films, because every film that shot there, he mm. had to have a cameo in. And so it was just part of the contract. So. In Columbus's words, Trump bullied his way into the film. Thank God nothing else became of that man. <laughs> uh, Columbus says he actually planned to leave the scene out. Mm. Uh, but he but... was too scared. <laughs> Well, apparently test audiences cheered when Trump appeared. Well, some people do fucking like him, don't they? <laughs> no, but if you tested it in New York at that time, I think you would get exactly. a certain, you know, he he was this kind of rebel who which, spoke his mind and stuff. And, I, which is why, I mean, it's only infamous now, but at the mm. time, you were probably like, yeah. oh, that funny character, Trump, he's funny. <laughs> oh, he's never in a funny real... Ultimately harmless. Oh, he's not in a real position of power. <laughs> 
Good point in the future. Uh, Colkin uh, actually uh, endorsed a petition that was uh, circulated online to edit out Trump's cameo in the film. That was just this year. Mm. And to replace Trump with a old... Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> Sounds so weird. So it would be adult Macaulay Culkin <laughs> pointing out to young Macaulay Culkin where the lobby was. Oh, I love that. It's great. It's great. Uh, so let's get into it. Tim Curry turns up and Yay. it's all kinds of amazing. Just the look he gives Kevin mm. when he sees him cross mm. the lobby is Amazing. That mm. man is a god. Uh, you know, always liked Tim Curry, but as we started doing this podcast and this weird thing has taken yeah, off. I've come to appreciate I find him myself so studying more. him. Yeah. And yeah. it is, it, I mean, he does a lot with a little. Mm. Never knowingly understates mm. or underperforms sure. or underacts, <laughs> but he's just a joy, isn't he? And yeah. he's just what this film needs is a, you know, he's a human character, a cartoon character in human form. And that's what, that's what Home Alone is. Mm. The villains are cartoon characters. Yeah. He just he makes the most of everything. He says a he says a customer's name, and the way he says the name, he goes, "Mr. Yamamoto." <laughs> You're like, it's just just the way yeah. he enunciates. He says it better than that. Yeah, he does. That wasn't a good Tim Curry, uh, and I can't do Tim Curry, which really upsets me. So. We get a very funny cut from Kevin's mum talking to the cop, saying, "I don't think Kevin even knows how to use a credit card." To Kevin using a credit card <laughs> at the hotel. Then we have him watching the sequel because he gets a suite at the hotel and we have him watching the sequel to Angels with Filthy Souls called Angels with Even Filthier Souls. Is it me or compared to the first film, this is quite an uncomfortable watch. Yeah, I was watching it with children and it's, I, I don't know, it was too, I, once I'd remembered what was about to happen, it was too late mm. and they were like, what, what happened to the lady? <laughs> I said, oh, well, she was... Um, she was murdered. Yeah, yep. she was murdered. She's, she's, no. she's with the horse from yep. Neverending no, Story. No, there was a tunnel under the floor that she escaped yeah. into before the gunshot. It's came. not ideal, is it? It's just he does he guns down a woman. It's, he toys with her and then guns her down. It's the toying with her bit because in the first film, Johnny gunning down snakes is fine. They're both gangsters. Yes, but in this, he guns down his girlfriend after making her get on her knees yep. and tell him that he she loves him. Yeah, and you're good. like. I, Nettie oh. turned to me and went, this is disturbing. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Meanwhile, you were killing yourself laughing. <laughs> this is the I was laughing at. I was like, <laughs> kill her! Shoot her! She's been cheating on you with the guy with the gimpy leg! <laughs> yeah, this wasn't the bit, but it was uncomfortable. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. We're Not Fucking Historians is the show all about Irish history, where Shane Todd and Hazel Hayes bring you a few facts and plenty of crack. This month saw their most important episode yet, the history of Ireland's favourite malty beverage. That's where he's got the brewery, St. James's Gate. He took out a 9,000-year lease. In the year 10,000, that's going to be a sad day for Guinness when they're booted out. <laughs> 10,759 AD. Heineken just come in and go, finally, we've got it. <laughs> 
On Tuesday, they're reflecting on their own festive traditions and a few things you might not know about the Emerald Isle's Christmas connections. There is apparently mounting evidence that St Nicholas of Myra, who inspired the legend of Santa, is buried in County Kilkenny. It's actually on private land. <laughs> they don't allow visitors. Don't, I don't think it's a great one to sell the kids. Can we go to Disneyland? <laughs> no, come on, I'll take you to where Santa's buried. <laughs> So come on in and get involved. Search We're Not Historians. That's We're Not Historians wherever you get your podcasts. We're Not Fucking Historians is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Tim Curry sneaks into the room and he finds an inflatable clown (laughs) dancing in the shower. So this is where I got mad with the repetition because... He sets that clown puppet up really fast. Mm. He shouldn't have a clown. It's stupid. Well, I think it's a nod to Pennywise. Oh, okay. That's my I don't think it's a nod to Pennywise. I think they just needed an inflatable that was human. Yeah, but it's just too And what human inflatables are there? Yeah. It's just too much of a straight up repeat. Like we're in a, you you, use your new space in a different way. Well, he's got his dictaphone now so he can play Uncle Frank going, get out of here, you nosy perfect. See, I don't like that because he's playing the music that the clown is dancing to through his dictaphone. Uh Uh-oh. And then he plays Uncle Frank's quote while the music is still playing. Not possible. Not possible from a talk boy or a talk girl. Wow. Did you did you talk to Juice Bigelow about any of this when you were making European Gigolo? <laughs> I don't get that reference. Rob Alex Schneider. is Alex is in Juice Bigelow is. European. No, I fucking know that. Jesus. Did you not know? I'm in Juice Bigelow European <laughs> yeah, Gigolo. What is there a dictaphone? I play it? Dan Vanderhoek, a journalist on the red carpet okay. of the Golden Boner Awards. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's Jeez. funny. <laughs> it's a funny film. I, I switched over a little while ago, and it was on your bit on the telly. You look so young. I do, don't I? Like a baby. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange film. I watched ten minutes of it. It's, yeah, it's strange film. It's, it is a Did strange film. Yeah. Okay, look good for you. Yeah. It was real work. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, I he's... thought you'd like won a competition. <laughs> he's, he's acting his little socks off. Are really you? Playing himself. Oh, that's we nice. did a lot of improvisation with the villain of the piece, me and him on the red carpet. Didn't really? make it into the final cup. Oh, we'll Aww. keep trying. They only had me for 23 hours, like John Candy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they wanted to put a lot more of it in, but it just didn't work with the pacing of the film. <laughs> <laughs> Call back to Monday. Uh, right then. Uh, we find out Uncle Rob from Paris in the first film lives in NY, which is going to give us our location for the showdown at the end. Uh, Tim Curry finds out Kevin's credit card is stolen. We get that brilliant morph of the Grinch's face mm, into his that's face. Oh, so good. Uh, we go to Duncan's toy chest. Or is... it looks like Toy Duncan's chest. <laughs> <laughs> the Duncan is an eye up. <laughs> that, that old man doesn't have a nice chest. <laughs> He's got a lovely chest. He, he also has a terrible business model. All the Agreed. money they make on the busiest shopping day of the year, they give to a children's hospital. <laughs> yeah. it's just, I mean, a lovely gesture, but completely unrealistic. This is a shop in New York. And also, isn't it saying... It's like what you were saying the other week about, um, God, what did we watch? Miracle on 34th Street. It's like, it's not enough that something brilliant's about to happen. Dory, Thingy's mum, has to get a house as well. It can't yes. just be for love. Oh, yeah, we definitely go and down that This is that like route. the inverse of that. It's like, it's fine to rob a shop if Mr. Duncan's just going to suffer, but the, no, the, the children will yeah. suffer as well. There's, there's genuine victims. Yeah. There. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not just and and I I I, I recognised him the guy that plays Duncan yeah he's a very famous actor isn't he I don't know if you're a fan of this film but he in National Lampoon's Vacation he's Roy Wally Wally he owns Wally oh. World so he has a great role at the end of that movie playing a certain a character not dissimilar to to Duncan really he gives Kevin two turtle doves um, kids love that shit yeah. <laughs> Uh, apparently, every child who appeared in the toy store scene was allowed to take their favourite <gasps> toy no! home. Oh, that's lovely. After the day of shooting, uh, although it was included as part of their salary. It was so. their whole salary. Yeah. <laughs> it was their they salary. They might have got some yeah. sandwiches. I think the toy, just the, the visuals here, it's much more enticing than the Miracle on 40, 34th Street stuff we yeah, saw. Yeah, I agree with you, actually. I think that this toy shop looks gorgeous. Yeah, it does. It I does, would... although there's a terrifying white frozen ice Santa's face that breathes smoke out of it in one <laughs> shot. I was like, that's scary. <laughs> Uh, Tim Curry's reaction when him and the staff come into the room and he plays them the scene from Angels with Even Filthier Faces is 
brilliant. He's brilliant. Tim yeah. Curry makes that scene work. Definitely, because it's a bit awkward. Yeah. Um, Kevin meets Pigeon Lady in the park, who is based on the Bird Lady from Mary Poppins. Right. Mm. Uh, Pigeon Lady is played by Brenda Fricker, who two years earlier in won, the- won an Oscar. Won the first was the first Irish actor to win an Academy uh, Irish actress to win an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for the biopic My Left Foot. Mm. So yeah, in 2012, she said, "Of all the films I've made, only three do I remember where I felt I'd moved forward <laughs> as an actress: Cloudburst, The Field." And Home Alone 2 lost in New York. <laughs> <laughs> no, not my left foot. Not really my left foot. <laughs> really, she should watch it. She's very good at it. Yeah. Uh, so Kevin has a very long conversation with Pigeon Lady. Oh, yeah. It uh, goes on and on about running away from love. Uh, but thankfully, he does reference the fact she's covered in pigeon shit. That's just in my notes. It's, a getting, it's getting to me because it's a repeat of like teaching, you know, using the uncomplicated wisdom of a child to sort out a grown-up's problems and I was like mm, it's just the writing's brilliant but then it's like it's just a straight up repeat and I was annoyed but then at least he did say you're covered in shit so I, that's fine yeah I hated this scene when I was a kid um, I mean I didn't much like the Marley scene when I was a kid as I said but I, I actually hated this one and I don't like it now I, I think it is saying something different I think it's saying something important about these invisible people on our streets that we walk past but equally I just don't think it works well in a children's film yeah, it's a bit wishy-washy. The Marley thing is very clear. It's like, yes. call your fucking son. And uh, in this, it's sort of like, he doesn't sort of give her any real wisdom. Mm. He's just sort of he like... compares her to rollerblades. But she fell out of love with someone. It's about her love story that fell apart, but it's also about old people being invisible or homeless yeah, it's people. A it's lot, just, a, yeah. it's, a, it's a mess. Uh, <clears throat> So the family have arrived in New York looking for Kevin and Kevin's mum slaps Tim Curry for chasing him out of the hotel. Yeah, I don't think that's cool. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't people, do that. People slapped each other a lot more <clears throat> in, the, did, in yeah. the 90s. Yeah. Um, although it is worth it just for Tim Curry's lip quiver after yeah. she does it. Sad for him. He makes the most of everything. <laughs> he, could, he could do anything as a reaction there and him quivering his little lip after being a villain so far in the movie. Oh, he's so good. Uh, Catherine O'Hara actually was worried that uh, her character in this movie didn't seem to care enough uh, as a mum whose son had gone missing for the second time. So some extra scenes were added to show her being more concerned. I don't know what those scenes are. I'm imagining it might be where she's with the cop outside the car towards the end on the Mm, sidewalk. I I bet, yeah. Uh, but then we're into the climax. Kevin takes a photo of the sticky bandits robbing Duncan's jo- toy chest. Um, uh, Joe Pesci says, um, apparently, Culkin once asked Joe Pesci why he never smiled. And Joe Pesci said, shut up. <laughs> Good. Uh, yeah. Apart from, yeah, he read his dad said that to him a lot. But yeah, I'm sure everyone was sucking up to that kid. So well done, Joe. That is what Joe Pesci said. He said he's pampered a lot by a lot of people, but not me. And I think he likes that. <laughs> think he likes that. <laughs> uh, we get our first massive laugh in the movie when Joe Pesci is catapulted into, into the air and lands on a car roof, crushing it. Mm. It's funny. Because it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's this. This for me is very different from the first one. Even though, I don't the violence in the first one. Obviously, you could not withstand. But this is super cartoony. Like it's mm. extra cartoony. Do you think so? Like it's more cartoony than the first one. I, it's more violent. I mean, yeah. I read an article about um, a scene we're going to come to. I'll get to the scene and then I'll tell you the article. So right. um, Kevin leads them to Uncle Rob's derelict house, uh, which is absolutely not as good as the first movie because we spent the first movie getting to know the geography of Kevin's house, whereas yeah. this is just a building we don't know Yep, that is also not a normal building you ever find yourself in because it's a derelict building. And you don't care about the building. You don't care about the building. Um, but there are some very funny moments. I. I think it's this scene that made me uh, think that, well, definitely enjoyed the violence in this climax more than I remember enjoying it. But this is the scene that I just couldn't stop laughing at. And it's Kevin repeatedly throwing bricks (laughs) on Marv's head. 
And it's the combination of Joe Pesci going, you missed again, kid, try again. And Marvel going, no, no. And each one that hits him, I just cracked up more and more. And that's when Nettie was like, what's wrong? Stop laughing. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Um, but this is the article I read where they asked um, uh, a specialist. They were like, what, what would happen in that situation? It would be like brain damage at least, uh, death most likely. Yeah. So this is what I think a lot of reviews at the time said, mm, violence is too much in this. It's more... I like it. it. I know you did. It's more like... it's it's Again, it's a straight repeat, but... So you know the bit where uh, Marv, I think it's Marv, he gets electrocuted mm. and you see his skull yeah. as a cartoon. But I didn't like it for that because the first one, it was like... Because standing on baubles doesn't kill you, but you know how much it hurts. And the paint cans thing, obviously, you would die. But the you you don't see someone's skull like that, do you, when they're being electrocuted, unless it's a cartoon. And I just didn't like it for that. I liked it when it was skirting that line between... Yeah. It, it's almost believable. I was shocked at how much more brutal this one is. Uh, see, I, 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 I liked I, it. I, but I feel like they decided we have to up the ante. Yeah. We took it because we to, haven't changed anything else. No, so we've we, got to change something. We took it so far in the first one, we've got to take it even further. But I was surprised, properly sitting here noting it all down. There were a few times I was like, "This feels like full-on horror to me." <laughs> uh, staple gun in the arse, and then staple gun in the face. Brilliant. Uh, Joe Pesci dipping his head in a kerosene-filled toilet. Funny. <laughs> Paint can repeat, followed by massive metal pipe, yeah. which then breaks off and rolls down the stairs <laughs> onto them. They up the ante well. I did. I hadn't thought of that though about the skull. And you're right. It it, it does take you out of mm. like the fact that this is really happening to him. It's yeah. a recurring motif in uh, John Hughes films, though. Is the skeleton um, flashing up? There's an old lady that happens to him in one of the Lampoon films as well, where it just flashes and she's a skeleton, and then it flashes back and she's a human again. <laughs> Um, and then we're into the park uh, for pigeon attack, um, <laughs> which finishes off the sticky bandits. <laughs> Uh, both Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern were actually covered in bird seed and roughly 300 birds were let loose on them. Yeah. Daniel Stern said that one bird actually flew into his mouth and it was disgusting. <laughs> but it, it, I know that the Marv scream with the spider is brilliant and you want Marv to howl again. But of everything he's just been through, is having a few birds on you that bad? <laughs> Uh, Kevin's mum works out where he is because you can't have Christmas without a Christmas tree so obviously he's at the Rockefeller Christmas tree making a wish now in the first movie he wishes to Santa for his family back don't is he asking a Christmas tree for a wish because that's not a thing he's asking the Rockefellers (laughs) or is it meant to be God who's he talking to don't know no okay Uh, but then Kate, uh, his mum turns up and she rescues him and then the plaza let them stay. Minster Duncan gives them all the presents for Christmas morning. Uh, but despite having just got Kevin back, they're completely <laughs> oblivious to him sneaking out <laughs> again. <laughs> off into Central Park. He's gone. Um, the pigeon lady payoff isn't great. So in the first film, old man Marley gets his family back. In this film, Pigeon Lady gets half a Christmas decoration. (laughs) And that's it. I honestly couldn't remember the end, so I thought, and then she comes back and she's sitting at the table with them for Christmas lunch. But no. 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 (laughs) You can see her from the Plaza Hotel. (laughs) But no, that's it. So apparently in uh, earlier drafts, there was a scene at the end of the movie where a police officer talks to Pigeon Lady and they call her Annie and invite her to come down to the station for a hot chocolate. Um, But uh, they just cut it. Living the dream. So... (laughs) All your problems are solved. She remains an invisible person. Mm. So yeah, grim ending really. And and as you said, it's a bit. It feels like it's about the presents. Yeah, they fall on those presents like fucking dogs. Mm. It's that materialism though. We're coming out of the eighties, and it's can't it just be about finding your kid again? Yeah. Yes, uh, Chris, it can. So a third film with a new cast, Home Alone 3, was the next one in 1997. Uh, it was supposed to focus on a teenage Kevin, but Macaulay Culkin had retired when that came round. I'd like to have retired at that age. You didn't do anything good. <laughs> I, I, I think he was pretty unhappy. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> but as a sentence, I'd retired by the time I was a teenager. Yeah. Quite Spent a nice the rest of my life in therapy, so... 
Yeah. Uh, Two television movies, Home Alone 4, Taking Back the House, and Home Alone, The Holiday Heist, uh, followed in 2002 and 2012. Never seen them. And as Chris mentioned, Home Sweet Home Alone, uh, the sixth film in the series, was released on Disney Plus just this year and is not very good, apparently. I didn't know like it. Fair enough. Uh, Any more for any more? No. No. Let's do the bits. Best scene, Chris. Um... So I think, you know, I was saying in the first one, I was saying it was that scream. But it's also, what I really meant was it's that reaction when he realises he's going to be hit in the face by the bar and he says he's saying, no, <laughs> no, Marv, no, Marv. And again, it's that it's one of those reactions. This time it's from Pesci when he realises that bar is heading towards them, that huge bar, and he's going, no, no. The Pesci reactions when he knows what's coming and he's fearful for his life, I think he really sells that. So, yeah, a Pesci reaction. Okay. B? I think it's when, because it's, it's it's the same but different and not enough in this film is different, it's when they're at the airport and you know they need to understand that Kevin is not with them. So they pass the bag down the line, pass this mm. to Kevin, pass this to Kevin, Kevin's not here, Kevin's not here, Kevin's not here. It's so funny and it's so good and it's such a good way of doing it that's the same but different. It's the get baby yeah. face scene from it's, Bugsy Malone. Exactly, yeah. But I, the way they up the ante in this film uh, with his mum where she goes, Kevin! Again, yeah. but this time passes out as well. Yeah, you know I'm not a fan of that. Oh, I, like I, don't, I don't like it when they make women pass out. <laughs> uh, I just love a bit of slapstick. Woman hit by a tree playing piano. Kevin's mum passing out. <laughs> Shit like that. It ticks a lot of boxes for me. Uh, my best scene is bricks on head. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. Over and over again. It just gets funnier. It builds and builds. Uh, most valuable whatever. Vicky. It's going to have to be the Plaza Hotel or Toy Duncan's chest because mm. they're the only things in this film that are different. So, sorry, but there we are. Chris? Uh, so, as I said, I don't know if I prefer the upping of the ante in that final sequence, but I think Daniel Stern does incredible work in that scene. He sells the pain and misery uh, so brilliantly. I'm going to pick him. Good, because I was going to pick him, but now I can pick... Tim Curry. Yay! And finally, what will you change, Chris? They tell us that the wet bandits escape during a riot. I think we should see that. I think we could have a fun sequence where we see them escape from prison, maybe even using some of the tricks they learnt from Kevin at the end of the last movie. Nice. Victoria? I cannot believe, this is what I thought was different. I can't believe we go to a toy shop, but we don't do the booby traps in a toy shop. I can't believe we're in a hotel and we don't do the booby traps in a hotel. It's so maddening to me that we've got this setup and the wet bandits even say it like, why don't we rob a hotel? Because that's a great idea, guys. Why don't you just fucking do that? And we go to this amazing toy shop and we don't do it. Like Kevin's outside the toy shop and he's like, hey, come to this random empty house that happens to be here because we're going to almost shot for shot recreate the thing that happened in Home Alone 1, but with more violence. Why do we not have booby traps in the toy store that would just be better and that's what I actually thought happened countdown moment let me pass you my change it's exactly the same as yours why oh why oh why yeah. did they not do <laughs> yeah. the climax in a toy shop because yeah. if you go to a building site it's full of very dangerous equipment anyway yeah. as opposed to a toy shop yeah. where you're excited as a kid yes. to see toys that's the, being they used they must have said we want to recreate Home Alone 1 because everybody made a fucking load of money but the magic of it is using your home, using your environment in mm. a different way. So yeah. use the toys. Or if you want to do it in the hotel, imagine the kitchens, imagine whatever else, like what you could do. The hotel is artificially empty or it's full of whatever. It doesn't matter. But or use your environment in a new way. Don't just go to some empty house. Or give the pigeon lady a job in Toy Duncan's chest. And that would be her mm. payoff. Stinks though. <laughs> she's literally, and she's addicted to crack. So. Literally <laughs> covered in shit. <laughs> this is an issue. <laughs> uh, okay, that is Home Alone Two. Lost in New York. Done. It's time for the verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. So is it going to be Home Alone or Home Alone Two? These were your choices, Victoria. Yes, they were. Mm. So, uh, Chris, you can go first. Home Alone. Great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I go with the original. Watch, watching them back to back. I watched them both on the same day, uh, the other day. And uh, the sequel just feels ever so slightly tired, especially the stuff with the bird lady. So, yeah, I've got to go for the original. Uh, okay. Well, for exactly the reason a lot of people hated the sequel at the time, uh, the violence, I loved it. I thought it was great. I 
did not like the fact they used just a derelict house, as we've just discussed. Uh, Pigeon Lady is not as good as Old Man Marley, fact. Um, but it's New York City in a Christmas movie. I am torn, but I think just because I love a little bit of the old ultra violence, <laughs> I'm picking Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Wow. Bricks on Daniel Stern's head. Wow. Funny, funny, funny. <laughs> Okay. And Tim Curry. Okay. So I um, was really excited to do Home Alone and Home Alone 2. And I know how much people love Home Alone 2. And I would have said the same thing. Uh, but... And I really thought it was going to be hard, but it's not hard because Home Alone 2 is actually quite lazy. Mm. And it's just, it's so obvious where it could have been better. And it frustrates me that they didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. And that is is awesome. But, you know, we're just the the booby trapping of a hotel, you know, the spa or whatever, the rooms, empty room. It's a bit shining. But anyway, or if you were in the toy store, you know, you could use all the scary dolls and do whatever to scare the rob. It doesn't have to be, I just cannot. It's unconscionable to me that they went, we'll just go back to an empty house. So, yeah, I think, and Home Alone 1, apart from a few tricky things at the end, structurally is near perfect. So, and also the music is better. So, yes, Home Alone by a country mile. Right then, well, that's that done. Home Alone <laughs> is our winner. So Moving on. Stuff. I know. <laughs> so stuff. It's he picked it for Jeopardy. Isn't Merry Christmas. That. Merry Christmas. Pathetic. <laughs> right then. Pathetic indeed, uh, but what isn't pathetic... What's about to get more pathetic? What isn't pathetic <laughs> is this Clash of the Titles quiz champion trophy mm. that is sitting in front of me right now. Mm. I won it last year. Where has it been living in your house? It's been living on a shelf mm. uh, to be seen by anyone and everyone Lovely. who comes in with their shoes on. <laughs> Right, and there's a chance it won't be anymore because I, I had a quick look at the the results. Like I didn't get through all of them, but this I think is, I think I, this you're is level bullshit. pegging. This is I think, absolute bullshit. I think the scores are level it. going into this you are one. Such a liar! No, I had a quick look, I, and I, I think, understand. Right, I think I, they're the listen, same. I am happy to play a game where we do one final quiz, and the winner of this gets the trophy. When it so, takes all, so it's exciting. Yeah, but I want I think it, they're the same. No. I want it on record that I have won numerically mm. the quizzes this year. Numerically? It How is... about morally? Do you say it morally as well. <laughs> it's very close. It's very close. It's so, not very so close. Whoever wins this. Vicky hasn't won a quiz in about a year. Steady. <laughs> Stop it now. Okay, that's, that's See, enough. <laughs> this is, this, she's so angry because she knows it's true. I don't mind playing winner takes all. But I have won legitimately, so this is a false victory. Cool. Tell, keep telling yourself don't that. Don't you point that pen at me? <laughs> right. You threw something at me the other day. <laughs> I didn't let go of it. So, you did. It hit me. <laughs> so, all to play for. Everything's oh. on the table here. Okay. Um, how much have you been paying attention to the news this year? Because I'm doing you a 2021 news quiz. But this is for Vicky. You want her to have the trophy. You're such a bullshit artist. What do you mean? Do you not look at the news? No, but Vicky likes news. <laughs> what are you talking about? I thought this was the most even thing I could do. <laughs> we do movies. Uh, I, stole, I stole most of these from the New York Times 2021 quiz, though I took out all the questions about people dying. Okay. <laughs> of which there were a lot. <laughs> so... Question one. Just sorry, process. Is it multiple choice or do we just shout at each other? <laughs> you shout it out. Thank you. Sometimes that's why I don't win because it, it takes me a beat to understand the process. So just just an improvement for next year. Like, let's go, let's go, go, go. <laughs> Unbelievable. Question one. Amateur investors banded together to squeeze Wall Street hedge Game funds. Spot. Incorrect. It's, keep going. Uh, by sending which company stock value up by more than ten billion Was it on Jan? Store? Nope. Games Shop. Nope. What did you say first time? GameStop. Correct. So I got it. <laughs> Correct. So no, I you mean, said GameSpot first time. I, I can't believe how <laughs> how you were desperate for Vicky to have this trophy. Thank you. Chris. What what is go? What have you have you had a conversation this week or something like? No, Alex, you got the point. Alex, well played. 
Yeah, after you gave Third Vicky time. a chance <laughs> to get it right and then she didn't. <clears throat> no, I didn't know that. Uh, the music industry's first runaway hit single of 2021 by 70-year-old Olivia Rodrigo debuted at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 singles chart on January 19th, following a record-breaking first week across streaming services like Spotify and Amazon Music. But what is it called? It is called... Oh, <clears throat> See, I'm going to say it and I'm going to be close, but I'm not right. And then you're just going to start saying words. So <laughs> look at your face. This is this is not Christmassy. It's called uh, it's called like my ex boyfriend. It's I, called... yeah, that's what it's kind of about. But it's not called that. It's something. Oh, it's my driving test. Yeah. I passed my driving. You're test. You're so close. You're I so failed close. my driving test. See now, You're say so words. Close. It's two words. Driving lessons. Driving test. So close. Driving. Pass my test. No, two words. Driving school. Yeah, yeah the first word is that. Driving exam. Uh, well, like that. Uh, no. <laughs> driving school. Driving, driving instructor. Sorry, it's not driving. It's drivers. <laughs> driver's license. Correct. Oh, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> Alex looks really annoyed here. I'm enjoying it. Uh, the NFT is a blockchain-based collectible that has upended the cryptocurrency and art world this year. What it's does NFT stand for? non-fungible tokens. Correct! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Which, that was really satisfying. Uh, which global superstar withdrew from the American gymnastic team during the Tokyo... Simone Olympics? Biles. Correct. <laughs> Alex, are you playing? Um, Unbelievable. Facebook... <laughs> The social media networking giant under fire for spreading misinformation and other issues announced on October 28th that it was changing its corporate Meta. name to... <laughs> Correct. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> which, ba- which band reformed and released an album called Voyage in, on November the 5th? Oh, ABBA. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of the quiz. No, it's you not. Absolutely, <laughs> you walked it. You absolutely walked it. Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we did a news-based quiz. We've what? never done. We've never done it. It's the roundup of 2021, mate. Enjoy your false victory, your empty, hollow victory. He's never heard of ABBA or Facebook. Come on, mate. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, Vicky, congratulations! Thank you. you won the quiz uh, for this year. Yeah. Um, have you got anything you want to say? Um, just you, you like me, you really like me. <laughs> this, this is, um, fix. this is <laughs> utter fix. It was a bit of a fix. But I mean, I will take it. it feels a bit uh, Verstappen versus Hamilton at the moment, <laughs> if I'm honest. <laughs> but then Hamilton took it very well. Uh, Alex, have you got anything you want to say? I don't think he did. <laughs> he did. He, you know, he went over and congratulated him. No. Do you want to congratulate your opposition? No. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Great. Okay. It does feel a little bit like that, doesn't it? It feels like someone sort of, yeah, led for the I can't entire help it. race. I can't help it if and I had to bring out the safety car. You are Michael Massey and you have basically just decided who should have the trophy this year. I literally did the fairest quiz I could think of, which was a roundup of the year. At the uh, end of the we year. We've only ever done movie quizzes. <laughs> We've not. We have. No, sometimes Last week it about... was about Yule Lads. Yeah, Yule Lads <laughs> yeah. is, but from the movie Yule Lads. <laughs> right then. That is us done. Can't take it down. No. Chill. Just be nice. Shh. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard to carry on. Now you know how it feels. <laughs> so, on Monday and Thursday next week, we have... Some special episodes coming out for Christmas week. It's our first ever live show recorded at the London Podcast Festival back in September. I told you on Monday, if you didn't know the movies, I'm going to tell you them right now. Howard the Duck versus 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, as voted for by no one who actually came to the event, <laughs> as you'll discover when you listen. And we've recorded bonus wraparound sections as well, which <laughs> yeah. went very well, so yeah. enjoy them. Yeah, all right. <laughs> you did they go well? No. no. <laughs> yeah, but then we, we found out what Alex is like without a script. Well, <laughs> we found out that I thought everyone was going to come with something to say, and in the end, no, no one had anything to no. say. Right. Anyway, that's next week. It's exciting. You should definitely listen. How the Duck is Monday. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is Thursday. In the meantime, don't forget that January is... Uh, people, you're picking the films for January. We don't have a name for it, do we? We used to. Listenerary. 
<laughs> We're up to 300. Yeah, that's right. We don't have a name for it. We're up to 300. Wait, wait, I've got one. Fanjan. Jan Fan. Fanjan. Yeah, yeah, Fanjan. He says it's all right. Fanjan. <laughs> wait, it sounds a bit weird. Like Fanny Jam. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't give Oh, no, we've lost her. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, I'm a completely red. <laughs> okay, we need to get out of this. Well, you know the drill if you listen. You've this been picking so the films. Demeaning. I'm sorry. We're up to 343 suggestions. And we've had a look through some of them. Chris we did. I... We got quite pissed last week um, trying to pick. There's so many good pairings, though. Trying to pick through them has we... been tricky. Chris and I came up with a unique rating system, which after six pints seemed like a really good way of working out which ones we should do. As it turns out, it no, wasn't. No, it shouldn't work. <laughs> but there are some really good suggestions, but there is still time to get them in. So it's show at clashpod.com. Give us a reason for why you were picking your pairing. And throughout January, maybe even a little longer because there's so many good ones, we are going to be doing your suggestions for pairings on Clash of the Titles. Fan Jan! Oh, Fan Jam! (laughs) Yeah, Fan Jan. Fan Jan. Fan Jan. Yeah, this is a jam. Why would I say jam? I don't know, because you're mad. (laughs) Uh, Right then. If you haven't already, please uh, do subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ClashPod. Have a great Christmas from the three of us and, of course, our producer, Blondine. Bye-bye! This was a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money.